Walk for Wishes is back in person this year. Join Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley Sunday morning, October 17th at FDR Park in Yorktown for the annual Walk for Wishes to raise funds for more than 200 children in the Hudson Valley waiting for their wishes to be granted. When you walk for wishes, you help ensure that every eligible child experiences the hope and joy that a wish provides. It's a fun event that includes ice cream, food, family activities, and wish inspiration every step of the way. Registration begins at 8.30. The walk starts at 10. Register and learn more at hudson.wish.org forward slash walk our guest in this episode is wish sibling volunteer chapter supporter and board director jessica rosh jessica welcome to the wish house podcast how are you thank you abe i'm doing well you're one of the supporters of our chapter that you know does follow us a lot on social media you tend to comment a lot on on episodes of the podcast have you listened to a lot of podcast episodes i have listened to the podcast and i'm thrilled thank you for having me as a guest there's hardly anything in the world i like talking about more than make a wish so um, i'm just thrilled to be with you today so great to listen to all the different experiences from various perspectives volunteers or wish families or supporters it's just it's really great to hear um you know just how many people it takes to to make this all run and uh thanks for having me I'm that's to be here. well no it's our pleasure and you started volunteering with us 11 years ago so your official start date is february 19th of 2009 but there was also some connection prior to that so share with our listeners how you first heard about make wish and kind of what connected you specifically to our chapter sure that sounds good well i'm going to age myself here because i sort of got involved with make a wish back in uh, 1988-1989. So the way I originally got involved, it's hard to believe it's only been 11 official years. It sort of feels like Make-A-Wish has been part of my life forever. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to get involved with Make-A-Wish all those years ago because Make-A-Wish was just a, a bright, sunny spot during a really difficult time in our family's um, story. So um, I have two older brothers and my I'm the youngest and my middle older brother um, was diagnosed with cancer when we were teenagers. And um, he had, you know, a, a pretty difficult, challenging treatment schedule and ultimately ended up having a bone marrow transplant. And thank God, um, our oldest brother was a match and he was his uh, bone marrow donor. That was basically what happened in high school. And my introduction to Make a Wish started when we got a call from Stephen Cynthia Cohen who were uh, really founding members of the chapter. And they came to visit my brother. And it was the first time we had heard of Make-A-Wish. Make-A-Wish was really a baby at that time. They came to visit my brother and explained to my brother what the process was and that he could start wishing for things and start thinking about things. And I was sort of hooked being that wish sibling from the beginning, just seeing how all of a sudden my brother, who was really like going back and forth to Sloan Kettering and dealing with missing high school and all of the things that so many people think about uh, that you that you really think about when your teenager weren't happening for him at that point. But then this spark of, of really joy came into our home when Make-A-Wish came to visit. I think they may have visited him at the hospital first, but I remember my first meeting being with them in our house. And from that minute, I was hooked. It's interesting because you mentioned Steve Cohen and Steve Cohen was one of our chapter co-founders. He's also one of the episodes we had on the podcast for those that are listening that would like to hear Steve's um, episode talks at length about your brother David's wish. Um, I loved listening to Steve's episode. It was just, it was a, really a walk down memory lane to hear all of it. It's pretty wild. And, and when you think about it, it was very, we were still figuring a lot of things out. 
But what I think, and, and honestly, your brother and, and obviously you as well, you're one of the early uh, wish siblings that we had as a chapter that is still connected to us currently. So, you know, you are hold a very special place in our history as a chapter because the fact that you've been with us for so long and you've seen our evolution as a chapter over all these years, how has that been? Well, it's really interesting. It sort of um, mirrors my my evolution from wish sibling. Um, as the chapter evolves, I kind of evolved into a different role with Make-A-Wish. So I was really, like I said, I was in high school when that started, uh, when my, my initial contact with Make-A-Wish. And then I went to college and off to law school. And, um, you know, I was sort of busy in that becoming me portion of my life. And then right after law school, I thought I have to really get back connected with Make-A-Wish. I really need to feel that again. And I remember calling a chapter, uh, perhaps our chapter or the chapter in Manhattan, and saying, I want to get involved. And I and, and at first I thought, okay, they'll say sure. But by that point, it, be, it became such an elaborate process, rightfully so, of you know, um, doing a lot of trainings and background checks and making sure that the people who are working with WISH families or in connection with Make-A-Wish were actually a good fit. Um, and, and really the hours that were demanded of me in terms of becoming a, a volunteer were just too much at that moment in my life that I could give. And I knew that I wasn't going to give to make a wish fully until I give myself fully to make a wish. So I really did sort of watch the chapter develop from when I was in high school until when I, you know, became a grown up. If, a if that grown happened. up. If yeah. that's happened yet. If that's happened. Yet. <laughs> we're all still growing up, Jess. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. So share with our listeners a little bit about the type of volunteering that you do, because when you started back in February of 09, you know, you started off as a general volunteer helping out at events and, and right. things like that. But then you quickly were then trained as a wish granting volunteer, right. right? Best, best thing I've ever done, really. I mean, just incredible. So do you, do you have a recollection of how many wishes you've worked on up to this point? I don't. I try to think of it. I actually do still keep, um, a, uh, I'm old school. I keep a, a some sort of piece of paper from each wish in a big filing folder, which is just huge and I can't close anymore and stuff. And and I, and I still print out even things that we keep on the computer. I always print something out because sometimes I like to think back and reflect on the families that I've met or the kids that I've met. But I, I wouldn't know. Do you have an idea? I mean, of I haven't course. done that. I'm, I'm prepared. I'm ready to yeah, go. Well, since, yeah. I, since I joined the board, <laughs> I actually did less wish granting. But now that I just rotated off, that's something I'm really looking forward to getting back to. Yeah. So up to up to this date, you've granted 27 wishes. Oh. Um, so you're just three away from 30, that which is pretty amazing. And six of those 27 wishes were actually you served as the mentor on the wish, which is another one of those volunteer opportunities that a lot of people aren't aware of is that when you're first trained as a wish grantor, you're not, we're not just sending you out there, you know, to figure it out as you go, you are going out there with a mentor, another wish granting partner, that's really going to help you kind of figure things out and kind of put into practice the stuff that we go through in training. So you then were trained as a mentor and you provided that sort of guidance for those newer uh, wish granting volunteers as they started, which is pretty, pretty, pretty cool. I mean, don't test me, but I'm sure I can name all 27 what their <laughs> wishes were. I mean, I, I really just, these kids are, I, here's the secret of Make-A-Wish. Everybody always says, oh, it's so wonderful that you're involved and, and they really mean it. But I always say, and I always feel it, it's sort of selfish. I mean, you can attest to this. What we get, sure, we give so much and it's so important to the wish families, the wish children and their families. 
But what we get from being involved with Make-A-Wish far surpasses anything that I feel that we can give to anybody. It's just this satisfaction, this connection, this, this feeling of, of doing something good in a world that sometimes feels turned upside down and certainly feels turned upside down for our wish kids and their families at that time. And I very well remember my brother looking at a calendar and saying, oh, I have you know this medical appointment and this tripped back to the city and this appointment into the hospital and, and ultimately leading to his bone marrow transplant, but also putting on that calendar, his wish. Um, and, and us as a family have something to look forward to. So, yeah, I, I mean, you asked how I, how I sort of started and, and evolved, but I remember going to um, my first, one of my first events, which was, um, I think it was at MasterCard and it was a volunteer day. And it was really just speaking to the employees about Make-A-Wish, why we get involved. Um, I was with Monica Gadotti, who's just an all-star, and she mentored me really from the beginning. And um, I just knew the first time that I got involved, and it was like, it was an honor to wear, you know, this shirt, to be able to say that I was officially connected to Make-A-Wish on the other side, right? Um, I just fell in love. And so, yeah, I remember I just kept saying to you at the time who was doing <laughs> the training, please let me train, please let me train. And of course I had to, you know, follow all the protocols and the appropriate time in terms of volunteering. And, and ultimately I went to the wish grantor training and it just, to me was, was, it was nothing short of magic. I mean, it was just incredible that I was going to get this opportunity. It slowed down over the last few years because once I became, so the last six years that I was on the board, um, I, I sort of focused my energy there because of, of the bylaws and, and make a wish policy. I had to rotate off at least for one year before we're allowed to go back on to kind of refresh and recharge, which is, I think, an excellent policy. Um, but I'm sort of in that in-between year if I, if I do end up going back on the board. But um, now I think I'm ready to focus and at least get those other three to get. You, you got to get three. At least let's, gotta, com at let's least complete. Get let's get three. to that milestone. So sign me up. Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> I know Jillian is, is, is really waiting and excited to kind of get you back on a wish because you are one of those wish grinders that were very easy to work with because you're flexible. You work around the family schedule. Um, you know, there's not a lot of, you know, handholding in a sense. I mean, with you because of your, of all the experience that you've attained over all these years, but let's go back to the first wish that you were involved with, with, which was, your brother's wish. So for those that are listening, your brother, David, had a wish granted back in June of 1989, and it was to meet the president of the United States. So share with our listeners a little bit about how that all went down. How was, you know, everything from the limo ride to, you know, meeting there? I mean, I know that Steve kind of shed some light on his episode that there was some changing of dates and stuff because we he, uh, David didn't want to miss, I think, his prom or something prom, like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so share with our listeners a little bit about David's wish and, and from your really, perspective as a wish sibling. Really what happened was they came to our home and, and said, explained what Make-A-Wish does. And things like shopping sprees were thrown around. I think at one point my brother even threw around like, ooh, I'd like a really fast car. So um, a lot of things were thrown around. Remember, back in 1988 and 89, when he was getting, um, when he was preparing for his bone marrow transplant, chemo, radiation in the transplant, there, there weren't iPads and iPhones and computers. And, you know, we had sort of these old VCR tapes that we'd bring to the hospital if we were lucky to get a VCR in the room um, and pop in, you know, I think we saw ET a million times, uh, still a favorite though. And um, there, there wasn't a lot to do. And my brother was older. He was uh, 17 turning 18. And he, we, all that was on TV was the presidential election. And George Bush was running against Michael Dukakis. And my brother said, sort of threw it out there. He said, I'd like to meet the president. And 
Steve and Cynthia said, uh, okay, first we have to figure out who that president's going to be, and then we'll see what happens. And it's sort of like things just fell into place, as Steve recounted on his, his episode. Uh, David wished to meet the president. Um, he had his bone marrow transplant in uh, November, and then his wish was the following June. And so thankfully, he was feeling well. He was doing well. George Bush won the election. George Bush had a daughter who had leukemia. Um, and George and Barbara had lost their daughter to leukemia. And when they heard about my brother, it was just, they were, they were all in from what we understand from Make-A-Wish, they were all in. And so he was incredibly kind and generous and we were treated like royalty. We went, I mean, we had not just, and, and as you know, Make-A-Wish does everything big, even, even a wish, you know, for a computer, it's not just a computer, it's a computer. It's a visit to the, you know, a big party at the store, a big party with your family, a reveal and, um, we do everything, everything as big as we can. And this, this was early and they still knew how to uh, treat us like, like literally like royalty. So we went down to DC for the weekend uh, or for the several days. And we, um, we stayed at a beautiful hotel and we went and we were treated. We had VIP status everywhere we went at the treasury and at different, um, you know, just sort of tourist attractions. And we would we would skip the line and people around us be like, who are they? Who are they? And I remember my brother's actually making all these jokes like, oh, our sister's the princess of some random country. And we'd come up with a new excuse each time. It was before we had sort of T-shirts or anything that said make a wish. And uh, Make-A-Wish was really kind of an unknown still nationally at that point. It was quieter. It was, it was clearly, we all know the origin stories, but it, doesn't it didn't have the same brand recognition that it does now. So we went to the White House. I remember we um, pulled in that gate and all of us just, we were in a limo, of course, Make-A-Wish style. We pulled in that front gate and just drove right through and got let out and you know, uh, the doors were open for us and we were sitting in the office uh, waiting for the president to allow us into the Oval Office. And I just remember generals coming in, four-star generals coming in, walking in and out, saying good morning to the president's secretary. The original artwork on the wall that I had seen from my childhood history classes was on the wall in the White House. And I kept thinking, wow, like that's there. And we we went into the Oval Office and the president was just the most gracious, kind, wonderful man. He was so thoughtful. He, he took each of us by the hand. He shook our hands. He really was very comforting to my parents, um, knowing what my parents had been going through. He was so supportive of my brother and both my other older brother and, and me as well. And uh, we just had this incredible meeting, standing in the Oval Office, just looking around like, wow, we're really here. And uh, he had apologized. He said Barbara wanted to come down, but that she that day had just not been feeling quite well and didn't want to put anybody at risk. Um, and the funniest part is we had gone through such extensive safety and security protocols to get there. So much clearance that after all of this, as we were walking out of the Oval Office, uh, the president said to my brother, come back anytime. Pop your head in anytime. I'd love to see you again. And we all laughed and we left. And it didn't end then. Then we got a tour of, you know, where the, the dining room where the state dinners were held and uh, and then went on from there to see other things in D.C. and came home. And it was just I mean, there is no way to describe it besides just simply incredible. I mean, it just was. That's unbelievable. Do you feel like uh, when you're working on wishes now 
and you're working not just with the witch kid, but then you see the siblings. Do you, because of your own experience as a witch sibling, do you tend to kind of focus a little bit more on the siblings to see how they're doing or what you could do to kind of, you know, help them feel included in the, in the actual wish process. Do you find yourself kind of doing that from time to time? So I I do tend to always acknowledge that there are siblings. I mean, we have a policy, you know, at make a wish of making sure we bring icebreaker gifts to siblings as well. It's not just something that I do. It's something that everybody does. It's part of who we are. We want to make sure the whole family is thought of. Um, And, and I do recognize the siblings, um, involvement um, and, and what's been going on in their lives. But I, I, I always do make sure to keep the focus primarily on the wish child. Um, but that being said, um, it doesn't stop me from including the siblings where I'm able to having conversations with the siblings. And really almost always I've disclosed to my wish families, my, my story and my history. And once I do that, you know, there are a lot of questions and, um, but, but sure, I do have a little bit of a soft spot for wish siblings. I mean, how could I not? And it's cool because, you know, not every wish sibling goes on and becomes a volunteer, much less a wish granting volunteer. So whenever we can have a wish sibling or someone very closely related to a wish kid, if not a wish kid themselves, you know, trained as a wish granting volunteer, it's extremely uh, special because we know that there's always that opportunity where a family may ask you, how did you get involved with Make-A-Wish? And when you kind of drop that mic and you say, hey, I'm a wish kid or I'm a wish sibling, it changes the entire energy in the room because then they understand, then they feel like someone is really understanding what they're going through because they kind of, you know, you went it, you went through it yourself. So I think that definitely provides some, some, some help for a family that's going through something really difficult. For sure. Yeah. And I have a question with regards to, cause we talked about it a little bit, but we kind of glossed over it, which was your time as a board member. So you served on the board for six years. Over those six years, was what were kind of some of your most memorable moments as a board member? Things you saw, you know, wishes you you either you know helped kind of grant, you know, from the role of a board as a board member. You know, was there anything that kind of like sticks out in your mind as kind of those memorable kind of keystone moments as a board member? So first, I'll say serving on the board has really been just a highlight for me. It's just been the most incredible experience I have met the best people. And I, I have to say, and, it, and it's and it's the absolute truth. I mean, our staff, our volunteers, and our board members are just the most exceptional people, the kindest, best people you would ever want to meet. And you couple that with the bravest, wonderful wish kids, right? The, our wish kids are the bravest, most courageous people you could ever meet. And, and, and how could you not enjoy every second of the experience? It's really incredible. I've gotten to know people that I, I may not have ever known in any other way in our lives. Um, and we just all sat at that table. And, and, it, and it's not always easy, right? It's not always easy. I would say being in a pandemic, granting wishes was even harder. Um, but, you know, despite the fact that so many people on this board are so well accomplished and have so much to be personally, individually proud of, Everybody's ego is checked at the door. We all sit, we all focus on the mission of granting wishes uh, to every eligible child and making sure that we do that in the best way possible. One special wish experience um, that sort of coincides with the board is Jason Anthony and I came on the board at the same time. We're kind of board classmates, if you can call it that. And so uh, Jason and I rotated on the board around the same time that we were assigned a wish together. Um, and that w- wish was for Ben Koch, for Benjamin Koch. 
And uh, we granted that wish for Ben. And we watched over the six years on our time on the board as Ben's family um, really just just got so much more involved in Make-A-Wish. And as Ben got more involved in Make-A-Wish and his, his wish was granted during our time on the board. And it was just a, it was just a fantastic experience to be sort of front and center to that wish as a wish grander, but also to watch Ben turn into this, you know, he went to the all-star game and he really has turned into just a Make-A-Wish all-star. We're very, very proud of Ben and really thrilled to, to know him and, and just grateful that I was able to do that with Jason. That's amazing. And yeah, for our listeners, you know, we'll be sure to share in the show notes a photo of Ben on his wish, which was to go to the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, which he was presented. He was surprised at one of our wish balls by Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred, um, who attended our wish ball, which was pretty amazing. So you have here the Major League Baseball Commissioner revealing during a wish ball gala to a wish kid, hey, your wish is going to be granted and it's happening in a few months. And then he was able to have an amazing wish. And then over all these years, Ben has been really involved with our chapter from events to sharing his story, uh, you know, everything. And now he's going I off to college. Yeah, he's I going know, off to college. Proud. He's doing his thing. It's know. it's absolutely, it's it, that's one of my, and I'm sure you feel the same way. It's one of the things that makes me the most proud and most excited about my involvement with Make Wish is seeing all these wish kids who grow up, you know, and that's are doing cool things. things. Um, cause I, when I, when I had my wish granted in 99, you know, it took me a long time for me to get re-engaged with the chapter, but over the last 10 years, I think there was definitely a big culture shift as an organization where we were beginning to stay engaged with our families post-wish a lot, keeping them a lot closer than we have ever sure. prior to that. So families like those for Ben and, and many others, um, you know, they were able to stay connected with us for all the different types of events that we have coming up and they support our events and help in different ways. So it really is something um, that just makes me really happy to see, because I feel like the more we are able to stay connected with families, not just during the wish, but post wish, right. the, 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 the better it'll be to keep that, that magic, that experience of the wish alive for the, those, all those involved. And we, we always say we grant wishes with no strings attached. You, your family does not owe us anything. However, I will say when those connections stay strong after, it's the most satisfying, rewarding, rewarding experience. I, I have seen prom pictures and graduation pictures and watched girlfriends and boyfriends and colleges and things happen. And it's been incredible. I, I'm waiting for the first wedding. I haven't yet seen Make a Wish. <laughs> well, wedding actually, it's funny you say that because Steve mentioned that I believe he he went to your wedding. Or oh, was he it? actually went to he went he was a guest at our wedding, but he was at all three of our weddings. So yeah. look at that. So you have here a wish grinder, which you know back in the day this was not something that you know we we encouraged or anything like that, but it just happened organically because of, of early years and think we were figuring things out, but he stayed in connected with your family for many years. And then I, he went right. to all of your weddings, weddings. which is bananas. And, and where, where it's worked out that way, where it sort of organically has unfolded, I've kept in touch in the same way with so many of, you know, of, of the wishes that I've granted. And, and it's been so rewarding. I have one particular wish, um, uh, Carly, uh, that I did with Monica. And, you know, we try to have lunch. We just had her fifth anniversary of her wish. And we try to have lunch around the time where she had her wish granted to go swim with the dolphins down in Atlantis. Um, and she's just this incredible talk about gaining strength and, and, and you know, digging deep and needing when, when I need to dig deep in my life for some reason or another, I think about people like Carly, um, who are just the most incredibly strong, remarkable people. Uh, she's an incredibly strong, remarkable woman. Yeah. And, and she, shout out to Carly, because 
you know, we're about a month away from our upcoming walk for wishes. And last year, during the pandemic year, when everything was kind of crazy, and we were having this like, you know, full uh, virtual walk for wishes experiment that we had last year, you know, Carly hosted in, an event that evening that on the same day, which was, I believe, like a family feud or Jeopardy. I went to it. Game it show kind of thing. It was trivia. Trivia night. That's what it was. <laughs> you also- it was great. I went to this virtual trivia night. She was fantastic. I mean, she's, yeah, she's an example of someone who just stays in touch and not just stays in touch. I mean, I really feel this way and I, and I don't say it lightly that make a wish really is family. And my family just expands each wish family that I meet my family expands and to see someone like Carly, you know, study and work and go to college and, and just succeed um, and, and do all of that. And, and, and come back to us and say, you know what, to this day, still, I remember my wish, you know, and, and in fact, it's, those are the most incredible experiences. It's funny. I wanted, I was thinking back to Ben, when you talk about uh, commissioner Manfred, and how funny it is, because I had this memory when you said that Jason and I were in his home meeting with his family and meeting with him, <clears throat> excuse me. And he said, oh, I, I'd love to meet the commissioner. Maybe that would be a wish, but I think it would be the all-star game. He kept going back and forth and he really knows his baseball. I mean, he really knows his baseball. In fact, he was eventually invited to the draft also by the commissioner. Uh, when he met the commissioner, he he got invited to the draft and um, he was on TV and he was like kind of flashing signs on TV from the audience, his mom, or he would text and say like, look for me, I'm behind this row and I'll, I'll flash you something, a, a wave or a special symbol to say hello. And he um, like a thumbs up. And so Jason and I left that meeting, you know, and, and this was, this was a wish that took many visits before it sort of came to fruition. And, and you just sort of have to let it go at the family's pace. And Jason and I walked outside and the door closed and we were in front of our car and we both kind of put our, our hands on each other. We're like, ah! oh my God. He said something about Commissioner Manfred. And we knew that we had this connection at the chapter with him. And we thought, we're not even going to tell him. We're going to let him go with the all-star wish. And somehow we're going to report back. And that's why I say the staff, volunteers, and board are so incredible because all it took was for us to hear that, then report back to you guys this is the story, like all the, all the incredible, you know, people who work at Make-A-Wish were able to make that happen. Um, and, and thanks really, I know Brian Doyle on the board um, really also was instrumental in making sure that Commissioner Manfred was part of Ben's wish. And, you know, that was just the, that in itself could have been a wish, just Ben meeting the commissioner. But I just remember that feeling when Jason and I, who had been to so, you know, several meetings with the family walked outside and we felt that spark and we just like, you know, really honestly just celebrated in the driveway for a minute and thought this is going to be incredibly magical. So, That's pretty amazing. Yeah, and, that, and, was, that was fantastic. And for our listeners, you know, you, 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 you've mentioned Jason Anthony a few times. Jason Anthony is a wish dad. So, you know, we're hoping to maybe get Jason in a future episode to kind of share a little bit about his daughter's experience. Um, but, you know, we're, we're looking forward to connecting with, with more parents, more siblings. So if you're listening to this podcast and you are interested in sharing your story, we'd love to hear it. Please reach out to us. Our contact information is in the show notes. Um, switching gears a little bit, Jessica, sure. you know, we'd love to talk a little bit about some of your the fundraisers you did. Because, you know, during this time of wish volunteering, wish granting, you started off with fundraisers in a really interesting way. I mean, the first one was one through our Kids for Wish Kids program for your daughters, which was called Loops for Love. Do you remember that one? I do remember that. How did that even come about? And share with our listeners how it started. 
So, um, yeah, my husband and my daughters have really um, sort of embraced Make-A-Wish just as much as I have. And it's become, you know, a family, a family affair, really. And, um, you know, it just kind of goes with the territory. You hang out with me, you have to hang out with Make-A-Wish and they love it and they love it. And so several years ago, they were young. The girls were in middle school. So uh, our daughters really wanted to do something to honor um, my brother's wish. It must have been, you know, maybe the 25th anniversary of his wish, because we're probably coming up close to that. So around the 25th anniversary, they wanted to do something special. And ironically, my brother's wife had sent them as a gift, this bracelet making kit were these little loops, which turned out to be the craziest fad, like, you know, these little loop bracelets that people were making. And um, she sent it, they, they don't live in the New York area, and they sent it, they found it first kind of and sent it to my kids thinking, oh, this is something cute the girls would like. They started making bracelets. And then we connected with, um, they started selling them, I think, out of the house at first. But then people liked the bracelets and really, and, and they knew they wanted to, every bracelet they sold. I think they sold them for $2 a piece and every bracelet they sold, all of that money was going to go to Make-A-Wish. And so my husband, David and I, and Lauren and Emma would sit at the table and we would all just be, you know, you know, special shout out to my husband who really got into making the bracelets with us. He was so helpful. And we'd all just sit and make these bracelets because people kept ordering them and ordering, they'd start ordering them as party favors. They'd start ordering them as gifts for their their um, their family and their friends or for which families. And ultimately what happened was there was this store in Chappaqua um, named uh, Auntie Penny, which was this incredible toy and candy shop. And even Linda, who were the co-owners of the store, um, it took nothing for me to walk in, show them the bracelet and them to say, well, let's sell them here. And so when we started selling the bracelets there, it just caught on like wildfire. And $2 a bracelet. And then, I mean, and people were so generous. I remember we went into a pharmacy also in uh, Armonk and Abby who worked there at the time was so kind. It was like, I'll sell them here. And people just wanted to keep selling them. And ultimately the girls raised over $8,000. Unbelievable. Um, I don't know how much we spent to tell you the truth on the loops themselves. <laughs> I never really did the math on that. Um, but that's how I actually met Tony Cardone. Oh, really? Um, oh, I had not got, met yeah, Tony we'd love to hear the story. So I'd never met Tony before, and Tony had kind of served on the board before I, I got involved, and um, you can fill in the history of Tony's connection to the chapter, but it was, you know, I, I really, um, I tend to um, share a lot of what, what goes on with Make-A-Wish on social media, and um, I'm, I'm not like a huge social media person, but when it comes to Make-A-Wish, I just feel so passionate. It's a great way to get the information out there to people. So I started posting. There was a newspaper article about the girls. I started posting that they were selling these uh, in honor of my brother's wish. And Tony somehow saw it. I think you guys must have shared it at Make-A-Wish. You all must have shared it. And Tony um, saw it. And Tony owned a card store called Franz Hallmark up yeah. in Orange County. In Monroe. Yeah, Orange County. Yeah. And he uh, he said, I, I can get these for you. These are hard to get, but I'm going to get a shipment in and I can send you some. And he started sending us these loops that we were using to make the bracelets. And, you know, I actually met him at the Wish House and uh, the girls. It, it was just it was another connection about how Make-A-Wish brought us together. But, yeah, that fundraising initiative was really brought on by Lauren and Emma. I mean, they did that and they would sit outside in town after school and sell bracelets and. Um, 
and, and, and that was before I was on the board. Um, so now, now you can imagine that sometimes when people see me coming, they, they maybe cross the street because like, oh no, where she comes again, she's <laughs> going to tell me about Make-A-Wish. I'm gonna, and, and not that they feel forced to donate. It's hard to hear the stories and not want to donate and not want right. to. So uh, that, yeah, that was, uh, and I've done several fundraising things. We've done the walk and always tried mm-hmm. to stay involved. Um, You've also connected us with other people that host fundraisers for us. So uh, something, an example of that is like, I, I believe you connected us with Bookmark Buddies as well. And you also connected us with 100% beads, right? Yeah, I'm wearing my 100% beads necklace right now. There you go. So for those that are listening, we'll be sure to share a photo and a link to 100% beads in our show notes so that you can purchase your own limited edition Make-A-Wish uh, inspired uh, jewelry. It's both a necklace as well as bracelets that they have available. So it's really, really cool. Share with our listeners a little bit first about bookmark buddies, because from bracelets to bookmarks, it's very yeah. interesting. And then we jump right to beads. They're just also great examples of how, you know, you know, it's funny. I remember when I joined the board, even or when I became a volunteer, I remember thinking like, how am I going to get people to feel this passion that I feel, you know, and, and how am I going to get people to want to help in the same way that I want to help? And it's so easy. It's just unbelievable how easy it is once you start sharing what it is. And this is exactly what happened with Bookmark Buddies and 100% Beads. Um, so at Bookmark Buddies, um, there, there was a, a little girl who had a, a book buddy in school who had a wish granted. Um, and that little girl who had a wish granted was in school with this little girl who decided to fundraise um, for Make-A-Wish. And so it was a wish that sparked a little girl who had really nothing to do with Make-A-Wish other than meeting a wish child. Um, and she really loved this wish child and really wanted to be connected to her and, and just out of the goodness of her heart, this adorable little girl named Lainey decided that she was going to make bookmarks and that she was going to donate the money both to make a wish and another organization, which uh, really meant so much to this little girl, the, the wish child. Bookmark Buddies just kind of grew. It's another situation where uh, Lainey's mom reached out to me and said, here's shout out to doing. Heather, because that's her yeah, mom. Heather's who does incredible. Awesome job with she just, kind of running she that whole thing. Yeah, she reached out to me and said, hey, I mean, I get a lot of those sort of, hey, emails. I heard that you're involved in Make-A-Wish and either here's somebody that I want to refer or how do we get involved or my child wants to do more and wants to help. Um, And this is one of those emails. And Heather and Lainey and Michael, I mean, really the whole family just got so involved and have been wonderful. And it just took off. And they, again, she started selling bookmarks and local stores started carrying them. And the Chappaqua Children's Book Festival started um, hosting a tent for them. And they really did this just to honor one of our wish kids. Um, and that spark connected. So that was Bookmark Buddies. And again, another connection I have through Make-A-Wish. Um, I feel very fortunate to be connected to, to both of those families, um, the Wish Child's family and also to the family of uh, Bookmark Buddies. Um, so that's one way that that I, I sort of, I guess, I mean, they came to me, but I... I think, you know, it's, it's super easy to nurture these relationships when, when we're, we're working with Make-A-Wish. The other thing that you wanted to me to talk about. Yeah, so 100% Beads, which oh, is another kind beads, of Chappaqua-based, right. you know, bit local business that wanted to uh, host a fundraiser for us. And that came through your connection with them, Okay, correct? yeah. And, and you were helpful in this also as well. Um, you and Claire were helpful. So 
Um, there are, there's a woman named Pam who owns 100% uh, beads and Robin who works with Pam. And Robin and Pam um, really work hard to make uh, charitable giving a piece of their business. And they're very generous and they, they link up with different organizations, nonprofits to donate a portion of the proceeds of their sales of either particular items or, or something um, that they're making to particular organizations. And again, um, they approached me, you know, I, I think I was buying something for somebody else and loved all, all of the stuff that they were selling. And um, we have friendship and, um, you know, they both really know for sure how, how involved and passionate I am. And they've always been really good supporters um, of Make-A-Wish and said, you know, how can we help? What can we do? And all of a sudden, like, um, my uncreative self got creative and said, well, let's design something together then because they prompted us to do that. So, you know, Robin, Pam, me, you and Claire um, got together for some meetings virtually during the pandemic. And they designed this beautiful necklace and some bracelets um, to, to raise money for Make-A-Wish. A portion of the proceeds is coming back to us. And again, the same sort of thing. I sh they posted it on Facebook. I shared the ad, I shared the picture um, and, and, you know, wish families or people who have given to make a wish reached out to me and said, I bought the necklace. I bought the bracelet. I love it. I sometimes will see somebody wearing the necklace and, you know, depending on where I am, um, either say something to them or not say something, but it, it really, it really does warm my heart. So again, yes, another way, it just shows you how people can get involved in every way, right? There are people, I mean, there are so many people doing so many different things for make a wish. And it's, it's really the, the, opportunities for involvement are as wide and as big as you can imagine. Right. So that's, and that's why we want to share these stories, you know, on this podcast, because a lot of times people want to support us, but they don't know how. And these are just some examples of ideas that then kind of took a life of its own. And that's sometimes all you need is a very simple idea. You want to support us, connect with us, and we'll right. kind of walk you through the process here at the office. And, you know, we, we talk, we're talking about Chappaqua, and I'll be remiss if I didn't mention that just a couple episodes ago, we had another Chappaqua resident in Bob Fuhrer. You know, by any chance, did you know Bob prior to like joining the board or did you guys I, cross I paths like at all? We, I feel like we maybe saw each other at some things, Bob and his wife, um, but no, he he's just a real bonus of being on the board. Um, it was incredible to be on the board with Bob too. Uh, and no, we we were we were able to develop a friendship. Also, um, we would leave board meetings. I actually remember leaving one board meeting and then meeting directly after to discuss something about you know make a wish in town afterwards. Um, and and I mean, how can you not love? A man who works in toys, right? I know. It's such a cool job, man. Such a cool job. Yeah. And he also has been inspirational in fundraising. And we talked about hosting some events. And um, yeah, I mean, I can just think of, I mean, like the kid, I, I just think about, you said, it, it. people don't know how to help, but I've given you examples, right? Of businesses, restaurants, toy stores, um, the Kittle House. Is yeah. Like and and honestly, it's a craft. I mean, just the, the loops for love, you know, bookmark buddies. I mean, making bookmarks. These are bookmark simple things that a little girl who had an idea yeah. because she really cared deeply about a friend of hers who had a wish granted. And it just was a spark. And it's so simple. It really is. I mean, those bracelets, we never thought we would raise eight thousand dollars. And, and, and just to remind our listeners, 
you know, $8,000 is not just $8,000. I mean, the average cost of a wish for our chapter is $7,500. So with the efforts that your daughters put in and, and your husband and you, and you know, making all the bracelets, yeah, that, would, that covered an entire wish. So, you know, anything is possible with, with some creative ideas, which I know are out there. We just need to kind of have them connect with us here at the chapter. Uh, one of the things I wanted to mention about Chapuco also, uh, you know, you mentioned Crabtree's Kittle House, but also um, one of the things I remember when I first started with the chapter, because we are looking at the, at a history and as, as yeah. an organization and, you know, here locally. But one of the things I remember about Chapuco was when they used to have window paintings on all the stores during like almost like the fall season, almost around yeah. this time of the year. And they would and we would always be invited to kind of paint you know, one of the windows, you know, during the whole pretty much holiday season or Halloween. For Halloween, right. The Halloween yeah. window. So, so by any chance, do you remember like walking through the town and seeing all these like windows I painted? Think so. You know, it's really fun. For sure. We have window painting here every year. Um, but I'll tell you something really special about Chapico. And you talk about a super easy way for people to get involved. Um, one of another one of the greatest gifts of my involvement Make-A-Wish is a connection that I've been able to develop with the Horace Greeley Make-A-Wish Club. Um, these kids are phenomenal. They are high school kids, grades nine to 12 in a wish club. Um, there's an advisor, uh, Sheila Jacob, who's the advisor, who's the constant. And then each year as the kids start rotating through the club and graduate, and it's, it's so beautiful to see them graduate, but so sad at the same time for us to see, um, but really, I remember a few years ago, I just, again, sparked the conversation and Ms. Jacob was like, you want to come speak to the club? Do you want to come speak to the club and talk to the club? And they had been really doing fundraising for several years. I think they were involved in the, maybe like an Easter egg hunt and they had done some fundraisers on their own before I started coming to the meetings. And then when I started coming to the meetings, I did just this. I talked about our wish kids. I told them stories about what we do. I explained to them what it takes to grant a wish. I went to the, the Make-A-Wish Club and I made the connection with these students and they have just been incredible. I mean, and the parent involvement also, donating tickets to Knicks games and um, hosting local stores, hosting fundraisers. Um, and these wish kids, they, they've raised thousands and thousands of dollars. They've, they've raised enough money for several wishes. And even during the pandemic, they were able to raise several thousand dollars. Yeah, one of my favorite fundraisers that they do is, um, I, th I believe they pair up with Chipotle. And they um, they host something there as well. So, I mean, that's just, a, again, another example of how, you know, our youth supporters are working behind the scenes all year round during a pandemic, not a pandemic to help grant wishes for other kids that are going through a difficult time. So, I mean, shout out to Chappaqua because it's well represented, you know, in all the a lot of fundraisers that we have throughout the year. Um, the kids are very much involved. So that's a testament to the parenting as well. You're getting them involved early. So, you know, special thanks to, to, to them and the entire city and the town because, you know, that that just makes it makes us so happy because, you know, you talk about Lainey and, you know, Lainey also participated in our stars uh, at home, you know, virtual talent show as well. I mean, she was amazing, you know, two years in a row. She just came in second and then boom, right in first yeah. this year. So, I mean, that's a shout out, you know, special shout out to her and her family because everyone is supportive of what she's doing and creating hope for kids, you know, that are going through a difficult time. So, you know, it's, yeah. And that, that population, that age group, really, that, that high school age group, I, I feel so connected in a lot of ways because that was the age of my brother, you know, when he had his wish granted. And in fact, I, I mean, I can even think about a wish, a Matthew's Bore Bore Dive wish, you know, I remember going on that wish and it was again, a 17 year old boy. It felt very similar to the family dynamic 
um, in my family when I walked in there. And that wish was one of these wishes that talk about, you know, I'm, again, another wish where I'm so incredibly proud to see high school graduations and college graduations and all the beautiful things that life has to offer. Um, and I have to say that wish, what was so meaningful about that was uh, he, he was actually diagnosed on a dive. He was on a dive. Well, it was during a dive. He, he had a, something happened during his, his dive that wasn't healing in his eardrum. And really just sort of this not healing led to one thing into the other. And then he got diagnosed. So his dive time was interrupted. And then he started treatment. And he, again, my brother's age, that really difficult age with high school's hard enough and 17, 18, applying to college and all of the things that you want to be there for proms and parties and um, it reminds me of, you know, something that I can get back to, but the way I felt like the pandemic sort of was helpful to illustrate to people what our wish families feel like kind of all the time. 100%. But, but really with, with Matt, what happened was, uh, this wish, he just kept talking about the dive, the dive. And we really kind of talked through it with him and he wanted to dive again. And when he would talk to us about diving, it wasn't just, oh, I like to dive. It was this beautiful, therapeutic, incredibly um, comforting experience to him when he was in the water. And so we knew that if we could make this dive wish to Bora Bora, and you talk about board involvement, because this is one that took approval by the board, uh, because certain wishes do based on how much they cost and, um, and different factors. And I remember, I, I wasn't on the board then, but I remember calling him, you need to let them know it's not just somebody wants to go on an expensive trip. Like this is part of his healing. His life was interrupted in the water and we're able to give this to him again. And oh my goodness, those pictures diving out of the huts, literally a hut on the water diving in and his parents just enjoying themselves and watching him do this in Bora Bora. And, you know, I got, I, those were fantastic pictures. I, there's almost nothing better than to see, you know, them relaxing, sipping on a tropical drink with smiles <laughs> on their face, knowing that their son uh, had this wish granted and uh, making life-changing moments for a family, exactly you know, was. changing the narrative of what they just have gone through, which is what we're all about as a mission, you know, is to create hope during a time that feels hopeless. And, you know, within that you're bringing them joy and strength to kind of get them through to the next thing. Right. So we do hope, strength, a, and joy. Absolutely. So switching gears a little bit, I want to uh, sure. speak a little bit about our next portion of the conversation, which is our shooting star segment, which okay. is a series of questions where you say the first thing that comes to mind. So we'll do some kind of rapid fire stuff. So yeah. we already talked about a make-a-wish memory. So we'll kind of skip that one for now. But over all the years, I mean, you've shared a few wishes here of all the wishes you've helped grant or help be a part of, what would you say is one of your favorite wishes that you've heard about, whether it was granted locally or on a national level? That is so hard. I mean, that's I like it is tough. children. That's <laughs> that's really hard. There are so many. I mean, I could share a story about a wish kid. The reason it was my favorite, uh, just again, is just it's an illustration of the flexibility and how sometimes, you know, it, it's a it's sort of a metaphor for how when it doesn't work out the first way, the second way sometimes is is even better. And it, with this particular wish, he wanted to meet LeBron James. And uh, I worked on this wish, actually, again, before I was on the board. He wanted to meet LeBron James. And LeBron was a gentleman, but LeBron was working really, really hard and uh, training and actually, I think, won the championship that year and working very hard. And so there were so many kids who wanted to meet him. And so the wish was sort of put off for another year. And this wish child, he said, well, I'll wait another year. But he also said, you know, 
I really also have a second wish. Can we sort of play around and see how long it would take if I could meet Coach Shevsky from Duke? And so, you know, I made sure that he wasn't sad about not meeting LeBron. And again, it would have happened. It just was taking more time. And um, and just to kind of give some context to that. So for our listeners, you know, when we have a celebrity entertainment or sports related wish, um, a lot of the way the process works is we have to submit that to through our national office, who then get in contact with their people or the team or whatever. Um, and all these things take time. And then if you have someone like King James, who has a waiting list of 100 kids, you know, a I mean, lot of times 300. I remember he oh, was, number was 300. 300 something at the time. Yeah. So if you're number 301, you know, it's going to take a while because typically a lot of times the celebrities, they they, they don't meet kids in huge amounts. Um, okay. You know, they're meeting maybe 10, 12 at a time. Some some of them even meet, you know, one or two at a time. So it just depends on the celebrity, the, the personality. But so when you're number 301, you know, it's going to take a bit for you to finally yeah, get to the sure. top of that list again. And I, and I always feel when I think about the celebrity, which is, which are always, you know, they're fantastic. And I always think like what it must feel like for these celebrities, this child could wish for anything, anything in the world. And it's, it's that person that they want to meet. And, and, and I know that LeBron was working his way through the list. Um, and so this little guy, he just said, okay, but let's just see what happens with coach Krzyzewski, who also happens to be pretty popular. Um, so coach K uh, agreed to meet him, but here's what happened. Coach K happened to be coaching the Olympic basketball team, the U S national team that summer. And so instead of going to Duke, uh, this wish child was able to go to, I can't remember. I think it was in Vegas. Actually, he went to the training facility and he met not only coach Krzyzewski, but he met the entire U S Olympic team, which are all NBA players, right? He met Pretty much everybody. LeBron did not play on that team that summer, um, but it didn't even matter at that point. He had gotten so much more than he even signed on for. And when he came back from his wish, I remember his dad sharing with with us. And that's part of the most special parts of the wishes: the parents sharing the stories with us and the kids. But when you hear the parents who have, who who also have just been through so much, um, start telling these stories about what happened. And I remember his dad saying to us, "Well, he made this picture." for Coach K to thank him. He drew a picture. And at practice, when he went to team huddle, Coach K held up the picture. And he basically said, I want you, you, you men to look at this. I want you to look at this. This kid has been through so much. He can struggle and he can overcome and he does overcome and he came here to meet us. So take a look at this picture. And every time you look at this picture, remind yourself of the strength and the determination that you need that he has to get through what you have to get through in life. And so it's incredible. I mean, same experience, actually very similar with Derek Jeter. We did a Derek, I mean, a, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of Derek Jeter wishes, which weren't technically Derek Jeter wishes. They had to be Yankee wishes because the idea was we couldn't we can't ever, guarantee, we can't you guarantee know, a specific player, you know, so, as if they were going to yeah. trade Derek Jeter and be <laughs> there by wish day. But if that would happen, um, but again, I remember the same thing happened where the wish the per the celebrity actually made the wish kid feel so special. And, and basically, you know, there was a rule. You could only bring one person in the dugout with the wish kid, but Jeter was like, come on, come, come down. And, and he brought this wish kid and the family down. It was such a special wish. They had been going through such a hard time, the whole family for, for multiple reasons. And the first thing that they said to me when they came back from meeting Jeter and, and they were treated like, again, again, like, like we do at make a wish great seats, the whole game and treated to everything. 
And when this witch child said to Jeter, I am so happy to meet you. Thank you for meeting me. Jeter said to him, no, I'm thrilled to meet you. Like, I can't believe that I had an opportunity to meet somebody like you. And so you might think that you got something out of this wish, but it's me who got something by meeting you. And it's just when if you, if you don't it, love the captain of the Yankees, you know, already, I mean, and then now seeing him inducted into the Hall of Fame oh, here, watching all the specials leading up to it. And, you know, I'm a huge Yankee and, and more specifically a Jeter fan, because when Madden Lee retired, I became automatically a Jeter fan. Um, it, it every I've read his I've read two biographies of his and it just it goes back to what we talked about earlier, parenting, right? I mean, you have yeah. parents that teach you what really what it really means to be a good person, a kind person. And he meant it. And he, he meant, meant it. it. You could tell it wasn't just kind of like, you know, a line that he feeds to the kids. He went out of his way to bring them in the dugout and spend extra time with them. But when he said that, no, no, no. It's like I had a wish granted. I got to meet you. Yeah. So Jeter is really, he's one of my one of the guys I look up to a lot. So again, no favorite wishes, but I will say those are two kind of illustrations of the way in which, you know, one, sometimes, you know, we always take two wishes from kids because we don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, I, I had the same exact thing happen on my very first wish, actually. She wished, she couldn't decide between meeting Selena Gomez and going to California. And this was the very first wish I had. And, you know, it's such a special place in my heart. She's it's, it's a great family. And she wanted to, and we kept trying to explain, you have to pick one. Which one do you want? And same thing. We sort of explained to her, pick one. We'll see what happens. And at that time, we were able to just sort of weigh out how long would it take to meet Selena Gomez? Where would she meet her? And what would the trip to California look like? And we couldn't believe it. But Selena Gomez came back with, sure, I can meet her, but it has to be in California because of my work schedule. So there you go. Even though she really only <laughs> had one wish. And again, we would get pictures from <laughs> pictures from her parents at like three in the morning, California time of the kids sleeping in the back of the rental car and him and his wife driving around looking at all the sites in California because they just didn't want to miss a minute of it. And again, she was fantastic and spent the day with her and played video games with her at Dave and Buster's and Again, like it's it's sort of these things just have a funny way of happening. We we try to explain you can only have one wish. And then all of a sudden, Selena, not knowing about the California piece, came back and said, because that's what we have to do, right? We have to work into their schedules. Unbelievable. I, I mean, they're all good. Puppy so, wishes. So we're talking about wishes. So if you could have a wish, what would it be? And I'll remind our listeners, we have five formal wish categories. They are to go, to meet, to have, to be, and to give. So if you could have a wish, what would it be? So I don't know. My wish sort of catches people off guard sometimes because it, it, it seems maybe it seems out of character. I don't know why, but uh, my wish is Howard Stern related. Oh, I love um, it. I know you're a huge Stern fan. I am fan. the biggest Stern fan. <laughs> and I actually saw him at a restaurant in New York City a couple of years ago eating with his wife. It, I was with my family and he was eating with his wife. And I did what every real Howard Stern fan would do. And I left him alone. And I didn't talk to him. He doesn't want to be bothered. I just sort of stared and try not to stare too much. Um, but, you know, I had the opportunity to kind of have my wish granted and I left him alone. But I wouldn't want to just meet him. Like I would want to be able to meet him and talk to him about the interviews he's done because he's done interviews with like so many. of. He's people. arguably one of the best interviewers uh, ever. I mean, his interviews are, are classic. I mean, I mean they're, they're just classic. amazing. He, the things he gets out of people. 
Paul McCartney, Elton John. I mean, just the interviews, Hillary Clinton. He's done so many great interviews. And I would love to just sit with him and talk to him about his interviews. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think there are so, I mean, of course there are vacations and so many things I would like to take with my family. But I think if I were, if I were doing what I encourage our wish kids to do, which is, you know, really think about something that you want for yourself in this moment. Uh, I would love to do that. That's but awesome. again, when I had the chance, I left him alone because, you know, <laughs> I know that's what he would have wished for to be left alone. You know, honestly, when you're from New York, you know, you, you kind of, you're not as starstruck as a lot of people, I feel like, especially if you're in the city a lot. I'll tell you, I remember, I remember once being, um, uh, we, we were fortunate enough to be on vacation in the Bahamas and I specifically took a trip to the dolphin excursion counter to thank them because one of our wish kids had just been, um, and when I went and thanked them, I just, I just wanted to let you know, you know, my involvement, make a wish. And I know that you have these wishes come through here and you're, and, and Atlanta has been incredibly generous and we have this great relationship. And I said, I just want to let you know how much it meant. And, um, you know, I talked to them about this wish. Every, we're all in tears, you know, and, and everybody at the, at, the, at, at the counter was in tears too. And we left and it was a beautiful story and a beautiful experience. And I remember, I remember leaving and, and feeling like, you know, they're sort of like that. that. That was like that celebrity interaction for me. I was able to go to those people and say like, this is what you did for somebody and make a wish. And then, you know, I had to stop crying because you know, vacation, you can't cry. I know you can't cry on vacation. Yeah. It's not part I'm, of it. I'm always the one you could have counted to me in every board meeting. There's always like, <laughs> that's funny. And so we'll, we'll end the shooting star seven with the final question, which is sure. in one word, how would you describe make wish? Family. I mean, that's it. Family, the the board, the volunteers, the staff, the wish kids, their families. I mean, I it feels like family. There's something so incredible when I see one wish kid meet another wish kid at an event and I see like sort of the worlds collide or somebody who I've worked with on a wish is now talking to a board member who have sat with at the board. Um, and I just, you know, it melts my heart, but it's family. I mean, we're all we're all family. I mean, I, when I met Tommy Austin for the first time, um, and you can give some background on Tommy Austin, but talk about family. I mean, you get, I, I get hugs and give hugs to him. Like you only can give to family because, you know, I, I, I'm so grateful to him for being. Tommy is such a special person. Yeah. I mean, for those that are listening, Tommy and Kate, you know, they helped found Make-A-Wish. They were the ones that worked directly with Chris Gracious's mom, Linda, um, to help grant his wish. I mean, really from a simple conversation about let's create something for Chris 40 plus years ago. And now here we are, you know, an organization. And for our chapter specifically, we're celebrating 35 years of wishes here in the Hudson Valley, all from Westchester all the way up north to Delaware and Dutchess County. So, you know, we have a huge, huge territory that we're, we would not be able to grant the wishes we grant without volunteers like yourself who are selfless and dedicated to our mission. So, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us uh, today on the Wish House podcast and for sharing all the different ways that Make-A-Wish has touched your life. And we can say a life-changing way because you, from the from your brother's wish till now, you still are giving back to your local community. So thank, thank you, Ava. Thanks for everything you do for our chapter. And just it's, it's such a pleasure to know you and to work with you and for you to have given me this opportunity to speak about, again, one of my favorite things in the world, Make-A-Wish. Awesome. To our listeners, remember, you can always refer to our show notes for additional information about the topics we discussed today. We invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast to help us reach as many people as possible about our wonderful mission. 
Special thanks to the executive producers of the Wish House podcast, Jillian Rodriguez and Sydney Wolf. Shout out to Wish alum Brian Chin for providing our podcast theme music. And finally, from all of us at the Wish House, stay safe and healthy. Walk for Wishes is back in person this year. Join Make-A-Wish Hudson Valley Sunday morning, October 17th at FDR Park in Yorktown for the annual Walk for Wishes to raise funds for more than 200 children in the Hudson Valley waiting for their wishes to be granted. When you walk for wishes, you help ensure that every eligible child experiences the hope and joy that a wish provides. It's a fun event that includes ice cream, food, family activities, and wish inspiration every step of the way. Registration begins at 8.30. The walk starts at 10. Register and learn more at Hudson.wish.org forward slash walk.